Chapter 18 They were all seated around the cosy kitchen table once again. B and Philip joined them. About to enjoy their first hot meal in months. They had been eating raw food the whole time they had been in hiding. Clear spring water, raw vegetables, raw fruit. Only Grandma's medicine was brewed at night. Philip had hung rows of lavender to dry from the roof, letting them hang down low to cover the smell that might be noticed if a German soldier opened the barn first thing in the morning. Philip never let this happen. It was good to be here now and to hear from B and Philip how they had survived during the time of darkness that had clouded the world. Each morning Philip was up and out, sorting things before any Germans stirred. When he had made sure all was good in the barn, he got the milk cart ready to collect the milk from the other farms. He had raised the base of the cart, and the farmers shared what they could with the villagers, and the villagers shared what canned goods they got their hands on, said B. We stayed away from the barn as much as possible. We were afraid we would draw attention to it and spike the interest of the Germans, added Philip. I got the range going early and made our food for the day, eating a good breakfast, then hiding the rest for the evening. Then I made the breakfast for the soldiers. I have to stay, say... I took great joy spitting in it as I did. It was the highlight of my day. For that, for the few moments, we had the kitchen to ourselves. Kept us going, laughed B. Everybody joined in the laughter at the joy in of B's morning moment. A town meeting was called and all the villagers turned up. They held it on the village square, another step to reclaiming their village. To gather in public was a great joy. The mayor stood on the town hall steps, wearing his robe and chain. I have some announcements to make, but first we will turn our hearts to all that we have lost during this terrible time. The church bell will start to ring in a moment. While we think of our loved ones, tears filled his eyes. We all knew each and every one of them. As the bell started the ring, the crowd turned towards the church. There was not a dry eye. A moment all would remember. The mayor began to speak again. I'm so proud of you all. We fought the good fight. I have a list of names here. I want you to join me on the steps as your name is called. Twenty names were called when B heard her name. Another fifteen were called when the mayor said, and last but not least, Philip's name was called. All on the steps, now the mayor stepped down and joined the crowd in cheering and clapping. Heading back up onto the steps, the mayor started to speak again. 
although our village is small, this will not always be so. As mayor, I am giving the freedom of the town. I know we will build here to all 35 with grateful thanks for going above and beyond for those in need. From this day forward, this will be the town's Remembrance Day. We will remember and celebrate life at the same time. I have lived through two wars. Now is my time to hand over. My vote is going to Philip, if he will stand. Philip just looked shocked. The whole village cheered. Smiling, the mayor said, that's another day's work. At last, Paula got called back to London. It was a very happy, sweet feeling tinged with sadness. This had been the longest she had ever lived as part of a family. She had gotten so close to them. As she came out of the bedroom she had shared and in, with Lisa, she said out loud, I have to hold this together. Grandma was sitting near the stove. She had nodded off. Paula stood making a memory, storing the image. I wish I owned a camera. She loved this woman with every bone in her body. The likelihood of me getting back to France before she passes over is very small, thought Paula. Now walking over to the sink looking out at this beautiful place coming back to life. The horses now back in from hiding deep in the forest were prancing around. They seemed to know the dark time had passed. Grandma stirred as Paula put the kettle on the stove to make some real coffee. The shop in the village now had a supply in stock. I will bring some of this home. I'll not get it in Ireland, she thought, with a smile brightening her face. You have news for us, Grandma said very softly. Paula looked at Grandma with tears in her eyes. I've been called back to Paris, replied Paula. You will travel a lot further than that, Grandma said with a weak smile moving across her lips as her eyes filled with diamonds as she faced the sun walking across to the table. Come sit with me. This may be the last time we get to talk alone before you go. Lisa will meet Mary in another time. You know about Mary? Paula was shocked. Yes, we have also met. She has a heavy road to travel. Though she is tiny, she is strong. They sat holding hands for a long time as the kettle was singing away. The goodbyes are even harder than I could have imagined, thought Paula. I promise to write when I am free to do so. Oh, look at me. I said I wouldn't cry, said Paula, wiping her eyes with her hanky. Lisa hugged her so long and hard, whispering into her ear. You will always be my sister. When Mary comes, I will mind and love her as my own. 
I know there is a lot you can't speak about now. I looked forward to the day when you can. Oh, Lisa, I will never forget you. I'll write as soon as I can. I long for the day when I can return. The train arrived at the station. It, it was time to let go. They all fussed to get Paula settled into a seat. Last hugs now. Paula was on her own once again, wondering what life had in store for her now. The train has pulled into the station. She is back in Paris. As Paula steps off the train, she sees Michelle waving. She has come to meet her. I'm stepping back into another world, thought Paula, dropping her suitcase. She was now in a big bear hug with Michelle. Thank God we both made it, Paula said. A feeling of warmth flooding through her body, a sense of relief. Come, we must get a coffee and sit for a while and just look at each other. We have both been through a lot since we parted, said Michelle, smiling. It was a great comfort to both of them. They enjoyed this moment of calm. Back in her bedroom, Paula opened the wardrobe to see all her clothes hanging there. She could not help smiling. Smelly is gone for good, she said, laughing out loud. I have a whole week here before I have to head to London. It is so nice to have time here again. I was beginning to think I dreamt it, she thought, throwing herself on the bed. Tomorrow is a new day and I will make the most of it. When I woke this morning, it took me to a moment to remember where I was, said Paula, at the breakfast table. How was it on the farm, asked Shelley. Paula looked into the distance, a sadness crossing her face, as all she had been through started flashing through her mind. It is the first time she has let it all roam free in her head. The girls watch without a word as Paula crumbles into grief she cannot control. As tears spill down her face, she is trembling from head to toe. Shelley, sitting next to her, takes her in her arms, saying, Just let it all go. You're safe now. She rocked Paula like a baby for a good 15 minutes. I'm so sorry I feel so silly. You have been all through hard times, sobbed Paula. We have all broken down in tears, they all said together. We are glad you were not on your own when it happened. Tears are healing. There will be a lot more tears around here before we're all healed, said Ellie. Would you like to go out and get some air? We can walk around the courtyard, said Michelle. The others smiled at her as they left the kitchen to start their day's work. Paula smiled and nodded yes. Paula's taken aback as they head out to take their walk. Many of the buildings on the far side have a lot of bomb damage. It is no longer a private courtyard. Some buildings are gone completely. 
I don't think we'll ever have our little haven back again, said Michelle. For a moment, Paula forgot her own troubling thoughts. You've all been through so much. To think it came so close to you all. Paula looks over at the bank on the far side. It is still standing, but badly damaged. Brian, she asks. He is all right as far as we know. He had headed back to Ireland before it happened. His family were in trouble. Northern Ireland got badly hit. Paris has lost so much, sighed Michelle, looking around her. Later that day, Paula is walking down the steps, going to take a walk while the others are still working. Like she could see the signs of recovery. The people here had the same resilience as the farmers she had left behind. For how long, she didn't know. She smiled as she saw some postcards. Life goes on. A feeling of strength came over her. She headed into the shop with two dozen postcards in her hand. She would send one to everyone she could think of and hopefully brighten their day a little. Paying for the stamps and cards, she left the shop saying out loud to herself, Make the most of the moment you have. Today is a good day. A feeling of purpose lifts the heart. Back in her room, she set about writing each card. The first to her mom. I'll be home as soon as I can. As you can see from the picture, I'm in France at the moment. You would love it here. Maybe some day we will travel here together. It was good to me as it was good to Dad. Can't wait for one of your big bear hugs and a slice of your apple tart. Love you, Kay. The next was to Patty. Oh, have I got a lot to share with you. I hope to be home soon. You've been in my thoughts the whole time. Can't wait to meet your family. Love to all, Kay. The next was to Pat, and her day flew by. It was time to give a hand with the food for their dinner. Next morning, once again, Paula left the house and headed in the opposite direction, heading to the second-hand market. I just love this place. I look for some nice-looking French pieces to bring back to Patty. In her letter, she said she hadn't designed anything except baby clothes since the children came along. I can't imagine Patty a mammy of two little girls, Betty and Barbara. I can't wait to hug them, Paula said out loud as she picked up a very French-looking child's coat. Now at the ladies' fashion stall, Paula was lost in Wonderland. She could spend the all day here. How I wish you were with me right now, Paula thought. Patty, you would love all this. Paula is now heading to the airport in a taxi prepaid for by the resistance. A way of saying thank you to her. She would be back in London in a couple of hours. 
she could say goodbye to Paula. Will I miss you, Paula? As Kay, what will my reality be now? Yet again in my life, everything is changing. Yes, Paula, I will miss you very much. You have shown me so much of life. How strong I can be. Paula, you will always be part of me. As they neared the airport. This is another first for me. You have never been on an aeroplane, asked the taxi driver. Paula had not realised she'd spoken out loud. No, it's my first time, she replied. I drive here most days and I have never been on one either. Enjoy your flight, said the taxi driver as he pulled in and got out of the taxi. Carrying her bag, Paula went to take it. No, I have been told to take very good care of you, he said as he winked. Gosh, I was fine on the way here. Now I'm feeling a little scared. I just want to stand here for a couple of minutes and steady my breathing. In through my nose and out through my mouth. I was wish I was going on an army flight. It would be led. I would be led all the way. But at the moment, I am still a French woman travelling to London on business. There's a cafe. It will be my first stop. Sitting, sipping her last coffee in France. For God knows how long. She smiles as she thought of her first time she had arrived in London after training camp and how the sergeant had caught herself and Susan sneaking in for a cuppa. Something I am looking forward to no end, being with Susan again. Well, a bittersweet. I need this closure now. I'm not alone in this. Only time will heal us. She's taken from her thoughts by a woman pulling a suitcase, asking, Is it okay to sit here? Paula nodded yes. Paula was delighted to listen to the older French lady talking about her life and how she had survived the war. She now knew not to give her name. The lady didn't even notice Paula had said very little obviously needing to talk, to say things out loud. Paula understood this very well. For the moment, she was letting her head fill with the lady's stories. A sense of peace and calm came over her. Thankfully, the lady was on her flight. Paula needed a feeling of support. The lady was totally unaware of she was giving it. Back on the ground, Paula marvelled at how she had enjoyed the feeling of flying. The beauty of the sunlight up in the clouds. It was another world, so freeing. So that is what is meant by letting your spirit soar. I will look forward to flying again. Maybe I'll fly to Dublin. That would be something. At least I know London well, 
Just then, a man in plain clothes called to her. He waved, as she did. As he got close, he said, Your car is waiting. Taking her suitcase, she smiled as she followed. I have to take you to HQ in Country House. Oh no, I thought I was finished, sighed Paula. No, sorry, you have to go through debriefing. How long will that take? Paula now resigned herself to the fact that she would see no one today. Hopefully tomorrow, she thought. I might as well enjoy the drive. As they neared the beautiful village she had passed through on her way to training, she asked, Any chance of stopping in this village? I need a cup of tea. It's years since I had one. I need to stretch my legs. That is a lovely idea, he answered. <laughs>